Hello there. Welcome to this very, very, very special episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Why is this episode so special, Jacob? When is this coming out? I give you a lie. This is coming out on my birthday, June 5th. So we are doing a special uh, character appreciation episode. A little break from the prequel grind. And yes, we of are. Course, and Jacob, you know, I had who did to you pick? The man, the legend, Obi-Wan Kenobi. None other. Yep, we're going to be talking about General Kenobi, Obi-Wan himself, Old Ben. Um, and here's how these episodes are going to work. We have a bunch of kind of things that we're going to talk about about this, these characters. Um, we're going to do some history, just a, just a brief historical background. Jacob and I are going to share five fun facts that we gathered about whoever the character is. We're then going to share, and then we're going to get more opinionated. We're going to go with our best portrayal, who portrayed this character best, best piece of media, what is the best like place this character shined in, best allies, the people who are most helpful to this um, person, and then the best enemies, the be like you know the rivalry, and then finally our best five moments. And Jacob and I are going to do all of those, and we're going to have a discussion around this character. That's why I chose to call it, and Jacob chose to call it, uh, Character Appreciation Day. So, yeah. um, first of all, let's just go over a little bit of history with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi was a Jedi Master um, around the time of the fall of the Republic and the Clone Wars. And the Empire, he trained two Skywalkers. One achievement. Not one, um, but two. He, he trained two Skywalkers, Anakin and Luke. And um, he was involved in many battles in the Clone Wars, including the Battle of Christophsis, the Battle of Utapau, the Battle of Coruscant. Uh, and he eventually earned his title as the Negotiator, fighting along Anakin Skywalker as the hero with no fear, leading the 212th Attack Battalion, the Clone Wars. He, he was one of the few Jedi to survive Order 66 and go into hiding where he'd watch over the young Luke Skywalker on Tatooine. That is a very impressive slate of achievements, I have to yeah. say. We're probably going to... We're probably going to... We're going to touch on that later. In just a couple like, minutes. But yeah. Okay, we're going to do fun facts about Obi-Wan. Hit right, me with your facts. first fun fact. My first fun fact, this was one I was researching just this morning, and it, it actually surprised me. Obi-Wan Kenobi's homeworld of Stujon was revealed by George Lucas in an interview with Jon Stewart as a joke about the host's name. It is canonical that he's from there, but it actually started with George Lucas making that joke when pressed on the issue by Mr. Stewart. Okay, I'm not going to lie, that was one of mine. Oh, um, okay. We're so it's fine, but yeah, I was going to mention that one too. Stujon is Obi-Wan's home planet in both canon and legends. Um, yeah, it was at, I think, Celebration 5 in, I think it might have been Miami, actually, but I'm not sure. Wouldn't be an In a Galaxy episode without a future Eli. Surprisingly, I wasn't actually too far off. Celebration 5 was held in Orlando. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that is, a, that is a good one. Mine, are you ready for this one? Let's do it. Obi-Wan mentions the Clone Wars in Episode 4, A New Hope. Before, mm -hmm. um, bef after the original trilogy, but before the special editions in the prequel trilogy, some fans had a theory that Obi-Wan was actually a nickname for Obi-Wan and that clones of Obi-Wan were fighting in the Clone Wars. 
Whoa, that is a very interesting theory. Ob one, Ob one. You know that's interesting because um, you and McGregor's brother flies in some Air Force. I think it's British or Canadian Air Force, and his call sign is Ob two. Yeah. Interestingly um, enough, I yeah, I found that one on the internet. I'm like, oh, I gotta include it. Uh, hit me with your second one. All right. Number two. This isn't one fact, but just kind of an interesting thing. Obi-Wan was not always super humble and Jedi-like. Um, as a young initiate and a Padawan, he was super into like machinery, starships, and he had dreams of becoming a pilot even. He, had, he was super talented with understanding, perceiving, and repairing machinery and technology, and he carried that with him and it served him well after he disliked flying. But in his youth, this skill and this uh, talent made him very cocky and headstrong. But um, under the tutelage of Master Yoda and Qui-Gon Jinn, he became a lot more reserved and humble. Interesting. That's a good one. I actually, I had another, my second one was actually another in-lore one too, actually. Believe right. it or not, there is a comic in Legends, as the Republic comic, comic where Obi-Wan uh, survives in Asajj Ventress's dark side torture prison for six months. He's killing off um, maggots that are supposed to eat him, he, eat him in, from the inside with the force, resisting the dark side in a dark side torture prison. And then after six months, he freed himself and another clone trooper, Duel Ventress, basically won and escaped. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Legends, but, that, but that's still, pretty awesome. It, yeah. I, it's really impressive, actually. I'm, 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 I remember when I saw that, I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy's, this guy's a boss. Um, go with your That's number awesome. three. All right. Number three. This is a little more common, but I still think it's very interesting. Obi-Wan Kenobi was never meant to be Anakin's master. Qui-Gon Jinn's dying wish was for Obi-Wan to train Anakin, so he felt that he could not refuse this. The Jedi Council ended up reversing its decision in which they previously stated that they would not train Anakin because they were moved by Qui-Gon Jinn's dying plea. Good one. Very, very good one. Now, my Thank third you. one was actually going to be about uh, Stu John itself. So I'm just going to figure out another one. Let me think about this. I'm going to go with um, Obi-Wan, of course, has many representations in Star Wars video games. He has two characters in Galaxy of Heroes. He was Luke's helper in Star Wars Force Arena. He had many cards in Star Wars Force Collection. And he had his own hero character in Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, yeah, so Obi-Wan's a prolific figure in Star Wars video games. Go with your he number four. Right. Number four. After beating Darth Maul the Sith Lord and taking Anakin under his tutelage, Obi-Wan was considered by the Jedi Council to have avenged his master Qui-Gon Jinn. This prompted the Jedi to promote him to Jedi Knight without him taking the Jedi Trials, which, although it had happened previously, it was unheard of in peacetime. So that he was he was uh, unique in that way. Very good one. Um, okay, this one might be a little bit more of a well-known one, but I'm still going to do it. Um, in the George Lucas directed, uh, no, actually produced uh, movie, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones goes into a nightclub called Club Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. That's awesome. So, yeah. All right. 
Should I do my number five now? Yep. All right. What do I consider to be one of the greatest uh, fun facts, I guess? Maybe. Okay. It's a, it's a very interesting fun fact. By the end of the Clone Wars, Obi-Wan Kenobi's skill with Sarisu, Form 3, and his mastery of that had become such that Mace Windu, who is one of the great duelists in Jedi history, considered him not just to have achieved mastery of the form, but he had become the master of it, according to Windu. When he, and then this was proven because when he dueled Grievous in episode three, three, Obi-Wan Kenobi comfortably, comfortably parried up to 18 Grievous strikes per second. Someone analyzed that and they found that at the peak he was parrying 18 strikes per second. He still ended up cutting off two of Grievous' arms and eventually bested the metalloid monstrosity. He was also one of the only people to fight Darth Vader and hold his own. Uh, and also, I think, along with Luke Skywalker, uh, to my knowledge, the only person to best Darth Vader in a one-on-one. So I think that says a lot about his If we're talking canon, prowess. yes. Believe it or not, talking in Legends, canon, yes. if, there, if we're talking Legends, there is actually one more person, technically. Oh, really? Who? Galen Merrick. Mm, Galen Merrick, yes. Yeah. Star killer. Um, trust me, I've been, I know. I've been playing, actually, right now, I've been playing The Force Unleashed, so... Um, Really good game. Still hate Starkiller. Um, but let's see. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'm just going to go with uh, my fifth one, which I'm excited to talk about. There is a comic um, called Star Wars Visionaries, which is stories created by the art directors of Revenge of the Sith, I believe. Um, and they got to create their own stories. They're not even legends. A story called Old Wounds. Have you old ever heard wounds. of Old Wounds? I have all I heard, I have all that. that, that. I have heard of that. That does sound familiar. Um, Old Wounds is a um, comic uh, where it is revealed. This is pre the Clone Wars, by the way. This is before the Clone Wars. This is before the Clone Wars even got created. Wow. Okay. Um, like you know, um, so it. Um, so what happens is that um, Maul is revealed to have survived his being cut in half before the Clone Wars again. Um, and, uh, he finds, he finds Obi-Wan on Tatooine where he's hiding, um, because he's protecting Luke. This is a couple years after Revenge of the Sith. Um, yes. he takes, he takes Luke, Owen, and Baru hostage until he's, like, um, and, uh, until Obi-Wan seeks him out. He, uh, and he, and Maul says, oh yeah, Obi-Wan, I've been tracking you for years. I was a couple days late to Camino. I was a couple days late to Geonosis. I was a couple days late to Mustafar. I was a couple days late to Polis Massa, where Luke and Leia were born. Um, and uh, a couple days late to everything. Wow. Yeah, he was just he was just a couple days late. Unlucky. Um, o- uh, Obi Wan and Maul then duel, um, much like the duel in Twin Suns, which is the episode of Rebels, where the same thing happens except for the duel is much. Lo- um, uh, longer, longer, but and and it's much earlier in the timeline. This is only a couple years after Revenge of the Sith. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, Obi Wan, of course, defeats Maul. Um, but he can't decide whether to kill um Maul or not before he can make the choice. Owen sh- Owen Large shoots Maul with a blaster. Um, and, fair enough. He is and, a Sith Lord. And, Obi-Wan says he's going to take the corpse, and guess what he's going to do? He's going to burn it in the Dune Sea, which is exactly what he does in canon. 
um, in wow. after Twin Suns, um, and uh, yeah, that is an actual comic that actually happened. It basically predicted the Clone Wars and Rebels, and it's Legends. That's pretty crazy. It's it's really interesting. So yeah, that's my number. That's my number one. That's my number five fact, which is old wounds right. and how it affected the character of Obi Wan and Maul. Okay. So next up, we have best best portrayal. portrayal. Right? So Obi Wan, of course, has been portrayed by a lot of actors over the years, um, whether in film or TV or in video games. Um, I'm just gonna pull up a quick list of uh, there there aren't a lot of people, but um, you know who who do you think? I think I think I know who you're gonna pick, but. Go ahead, you're right. going to pick a best portrayal. First off, okay, this is going to sound like a cop-out, but I had a very time, hard time choosing. And, for, and part of me just wants to say they're all great, and I do think that's true. They're all They're so all amazing. great. They're all awesome. Ewan McGregor, is, he's stoic, but he brings some emotional depth to the trilogy that he was in, which I think was much needed. James Arnold Taylor is a... Uh, James Arnold Taylor is just a legend, honestly. James Arnold Taylor is... Is hilarious. He really captures the Ewan McGregor and the Alec Guinness and kind of puts it together and adds his own little twist on it. He brings some humor and some levity. And Alec Guinness is just a perfect, wise, benevolent manner. But f- for greatest role, maybe not greatest, but most underrated, I'm going to have to go with Alec Guinness. He only had one movie, really, and he was a, almost a, a bit of a side character in that movie. He wasn't there for part of it in A New Hope. He only had like half a movie to make people love him, and he still made Obi-Wan a legendary character even before the prequels. So I got to go with Alec Guinness, the OG. I was 99% sure you were going to pick Alec Guinness. Um, <laughs> you know me I, too well. I was going to be, sh- I was I gonna gonna be gonna really shocked if you picked anyone else, and I think you're going to know me well enough to know who I'm going to pick. Um, you know, the prequels were just a like a trilogy of bad acting and bad writing but you know who shines out who's the beacon of hope ewan mcgregor and that's who i'm picking for the best portrayal of obi-wan kenobi ewan mcgregor nice i yeah ewan mcgregor ewan mcgregor just for all of the one-liners in especially revenge of the sith gotta go with hello there we use that as the intro um so uncivilized you see there's so many of them you seem to be flying half a ship um, oh gosh, there's so many. Do you have a plan B? Um, it, there, there are so many. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Go ahead with the best piece of media. Best piece of media. This was a really hard one because he's yeah, kind of hard a for me too. side character, a bit of a peripheral in a lot of things. But when it comes down to it, honestly, the Clone Wars. The Clone Wars. He just gets a he gets a lot of specific and episode. I I chose a specific episode of something. Any specific episode of the Clone Wars? Yes. Oh no, I didn't have a specific episode in mind. I just think it really kind of fleshes out his character. It shows a lot about his relationship to Ahsoka, his relationship to Anakin, especially, and I think that it adds a lot of depth to his character. Interesting. So mine, I couldn't decide. I had two, so I'm just going to share both of them. Number one would be Revenge of the Sith. Um, Obi-Wan's relationship with Anakin and his relationship with Yoda. Even a little bit of his relationship with Qui-Gon is explored. And it's, that's just so special. And Ewan McGregor does a great job. And he's just, he's just, it shows who Anakin could have been. It shows who Anakin chose not to be. Um, 
And I actually had an, another episode. Uh, I had a, a specific episode in mind, um, mm. a TV episode, not, but it's not from the Clone Wars. And you know me, Jacob. You know how much I love the episode. But I'm going with the other one that's tied is Twin Sons. Mm, Twin Sons. That is a good episode. It's I my like favorite that. episode of Rebels. And um, yeah, Stephen Stanton does a really great job voicing who. Oh my an gosh! Almost I didn't, I didn't impossible. Even, I totally job. forgot that Stephen Stanton voiced him in Rebels. That's crazy. Yeah, he did a he did a great job. He did a great job with what he was given. Like, he he had to do he had to basically do Alec Guinness um, two years before a, he Alec that, Guinness, that are, and he did a great job. Those are some hard shoes to fill. I have to say, no so. kidding. Um, next, we're on to the best allies of Obi Wan Kenobi. And we're doing top three, so go ahead with number three. Number three. Ooh, I didn't put mine in order, okay. but I'm going to have to say... Ooh, I don't know. Um, Which one was my number? I would say Ahsoka, because Ahsoka what's interesting Tano. about Ahsoka is it kind of echoes where um, how he met a... Anakin and how Anakin then meets him in Ahsoka where Ahsoka everyone thinks that Ahsoka is going to get trained by him and then he ends up being like no Anakin you must train her I think that's an, a cool callback and I appreciated that a lot also even though they're not directly master and apprentice it's just really great to see them and I think they have they're kind of a cool uh a cool Honestly, duo Ahsoka so, has yeah. learned almost as much from Obi Wan as he as she learned as she's learned from Anakin. That is totally true. That is completely true. Yes. Um, okay, I. Who's your number one? What my, my number, number three? One. Oh, I, I'm, number I'm three. Going, sorry. Uh, number I three. Yeah. Commander Cody. I know Commander the whole Cody. Order sixty six thing, but the Clone Wars, even a little bit of Revenge of Sith, but the Clone Wars. You n- rarely see Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars without Cody at his side. And, um, true, true, true. Honestly, I feel like Cody and Rex are kind of both clone reflections of Obi-Wan and Anakin. Uh, and Cody especially seems like he's, you know, Obi-Wan's a very by-the-book, but he sees the value in doing things not by-the-book, where a lot of other yeah. um, Jedi don't inherently. Um, mm-hmm. And same thing with Cody. Cody sees that he wants to do things by the book, but he's w- more willing to follow Anakin's, <laughs> sorry, Rex, um, to do things that are not beyond the book. So that's why I picked Cody. Number two. Number two. I'm going to go with Anakin. That might be a cop Anakin out because Skywalker. it's prejudice, but Anakin is super important. Keep in mind, these, these weren't in any particular order, so... Oh, mine are in order, but okay. Okay. Or my, mine mine aren't, I meant. So okay. I just yeah. think that his relationship with the Anakin is super important because it um it kind of defines a lot of his life. Like how he, how he's training Anakin, you know? So yeah, I just yeah, I just think I agree. he has a really cool relationship with Anakin before it all uh before it all uh gets messed up, you know? Yeah. Number number two for me. Master Yoda. Um, Master Yoda is number two for me because his mm-hmm. and Obi-Wan's relationship, especially in the original trilogy, is a very special relationship. 
um, where they realize that they're two of the last Jedi, and they're basically the two last Jedi who can actually do anything before Luke. Um, and they both decide um, to keep in contact with each other remotely, I guess. Um, maybe we should all follow their example more these days. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think Yoda and Obi-Wan's relationship is very is a very special one because you see that um, Obi-Wan... That Yoda trusts Obi-Wan when Obi-Wan sticks up for Luke um, in Empire Strikes Back. Um, and yeah. yeah, I'm going with Master Yoda. Number one for you. Number one for me, Qui-Gon Jinn. Me too. Master, me too, number Qui-Gon. Super important. What I like about this relationship, it shows how Qui-Gon Jinn obviously had a huge impact on him. And even though like they had a very positive relationship... It's funny how Qui-Gon's impact ended up being, like, more what Obi-Wan was not like. Instead of, like, being, like, an Anakin-Ahsoka relationship, where they ended up, like, kind of like, oh, you take after your master. It's like, oh, you're different from your master, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Qui-Gon, too. Qui-Gon was my number one um, for the same reasons. It's like, their Padawan um, master dynamic, as we're watching, of course, we're watching The Phantom Menace right now. I love seeing that dynamic between them. It's really special. Um. Yeah, definitely. Um. Okay. Best enemies. Number three. Go ahead. Best enemies. I have to go with Maul again. These weren't in order because Maul kind of is his greatest enemy. But um, I mean, Maul killed his master. He took off Maul's legs. They've got beef. Maul comes back and tries to kill him throughout the Clone Wars. Even in Rebels, it's kind of like a decades. It's basically their rivalry. Not even rivalry, just like, it lasts decades. Just out of curiosity, who are your other two? I just want to see who your other two is. My other two are Anakin Skywalker, uh, strangely enough, and Hondo Onaka. Really? Okay, so I had two of your three. Um, I had Vader at number two. Vader and Anakin, basically the same thing. Um, And I had Maul at number one. But Hondo Onaka, really? Yeah, Hondo Onaka, yeah, definitely. Interesting. I think they had a really interesting kind of a love-hate relationship. I, I want to see if you can figure out who my number three would be if it's not Hondo. Mm. Uh, Palpatine? No. no. My number three, General Grievous. Oh, General Grievous. I forgot about Grievous, yeah. They were such rivals. They I were such rivals, especially list. if you see the stuff with Grievous in Legends and how Gr- Grievous watched the Battle of Geonosis from afar and he saw Obi-Wan he's like, and, and he looks and he keep, kept watching Obi-Wan because something about Obi-Wan was so kind of mesmerizing to him. And, <laughs> and Grievous was like, that guy, that guy's trouble. That guy is trouble. That guy's trouble. Wasn't Gr- I thought he wasn't watching from afar. I thought he was like prowling around the catacombs. Yeah, I mean, like, Afar, I thought they and like yeah. some clones like took back like there were rumors of this like crazy yeah. lightsaber wielding like. He didn't actually have lightsabers droid. at that point. He didn't have lightsabers oh, at oh. that point because he had killed the Jedi point. Yeah, that is true. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. There's so I, I don't think it's a very wielding. surprising that both of us picked Maul and Vader because Vader really had an impact on Obi Wan. His whole life was uh, basically torn down in front of him. And for Maul, of course, Maul took everything from him. His master, the love of his life. 
Um, yeah. His sanity. Maul really does like his sanity because he keeps coming back all these times. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's a. Uh... Yeah. Um, okay. Number uh, uh, and finally, we're going to do a very quick um, best five moments. Best um, five moments. Yeah. Um, you did, uh, or did we do three? Did you do five or did you do three? Uh, I did five. I did five. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, number five for you, Jacob. Okay. My number five moment is when Anakin or when, no, sorry, Obi-Wan frightens Dooku with his mastery of Sarisu. I can't remember which novelization it's in. I think in, it, it but there's the a novelization. Sith, I think it might be Revenge of the Sith. I think I know what you're talking about. It gets revealed that like Kenobi he is freaked out by his or not uh Dooku is freaked out by Kenobi's mastery of form 3 and I would theorycraft if we're going on a limb here, that the reason that Kenobi gets knocked out so early is actually because that um, Dooku is afraid that Kenobi will beat him and somehow signals to Palpatine to subtly use the Force to incapacitate him to make sure that Anakin is the main threat in the fight. I'm 99% sure in Legends in the Revenge of the Sith book it was actually revealed that Palpatine's, like... um, so Obi-Wan and Anna, like, to Dooku before the fight, like, five minutes before the fight, Palpatine's like, to Dooku, okay, so yeah, so Anakin and Obi-Wan are gonna rush in, but you gotta take out Obi-Wan as quickly as you can, because I need Anakin alone, and, you know, Obi-Wan's dangerous, too. Um, but yeah, solid, solid, solid choice. My number five, I'm going to go with the defeat of Darth Maul on the planet of Naboo. Ooh, good one. Maul was a force to be reckoned with at that time. He was cool, calm, collected, and deadly, as we're already seeing in our watch-through of The Phantom Menace. Um, And he had just killed Qui-Gon Jinn. And so... Kenobi's perseverance, even when Maul had the high ground... um, he persevered and he ended up splitting Maul in half in a move that <laughs> should have killed him. In a I don't move know, I think that it's cool that should Maul have killed back. him. Shows how Maul is sustained by his rage. You're never going to forgive whoever made the decision of uh, <laughs> bringing Maul back. Who are you? You're not? No, I'm not. I'm never going to. <laughs> I, okay. I can't stand, I can't stand reborn Maul. Um, okay, number four for you. Number four for me. These aren't in any particular order, aside from the top one, because I didn't realize this part of it. Um, when he beats Grievous. The defeat of th- Grievous on the planet of Utapau. Yeah. The defeat of Grievous, I think this is amazing. We kind of touched on it already, but I think it bears going back to just because of how badass it is. He's straight up just... He stays cool, calm, and collected... 18 strikes a minute from from a 4 to 1 lightsaber advantage doesn't matter Obi-Wan's having none of it he's straight up he just shuts him down 
even kills him with a blaster, which is kind of funny and ironic and symbolic. And we get the amazing line, so uncivilized. So from my perspective, it's a win-win-win. Yep. And it's a really cool moment because he finally kind of bests his perennial rival. Okay. I'm doing my number four right now, which is that Obi, which is uh, Obi Wan survived the droid onslaught on the planet of Geonosis. Two hundred twelve Jedi came to Geonosis. About a couple dozen of them died, and Obi Wan, not full power Obi Wan, this is like half power Obi Wan, survived. Like he wasn't at his peak yet. He still survived. Yeah. When like council masters didn't. Number three for you. Yeah. Number three for you. Number three. Sorry, there's a lot of background noise right now. We're good. Um, I can... He helps Ezra and beats Maul in the desert. I think that's a really Twin important sons. moment because it brings closure. It brings closure to this. Um, not the episode itself, just that moment. It brings closure to this decades-long kind of deadly feud and rivalry that they've had, which so many people have, like, died in the crossfire like li- literally Satine. hundreds or thousands of people Satine. yeah like everyone on man yeah yeah can i sorry yeah yeah like hundreds and thousands of also unnamed people all because of maul's thirst for revenge so it's interesting to see some closure as you see that in the last moments did they end up in kind of a uh, a not so like angry moment and maul kind of Dies not necessarily going back to not necessarily going to the light side, but he dies less evilly, and I think that's an interesting choice because yeah. I think it shows like the influence of Obi Wan, how he's like a good light side individual, maybe. Number three for me, um, I'm not going to go over it too much because Jake already did in such great detail. Uh, number three for me is the defeat of Grievous on U- on Utapau. Um, number two for you, Jacob. Number two for me, Obi-Wan. No, that wait, sorry, that was my number one by mistake. My number two moment is when he takes Luke under his wing in episode four. This isn't necessarily one moment. It's kind of a collection of moments. And I just really like these moments because it really shows Obi-Wan in a different light from the way he's portrayed for most of the content that he's in the prequels. We see him as kind of this wise old man, but also it kind of makes us wonder, like, what happened to incite like such a fall from grace that like this amazing Jedi has kind of become like a, an, like kind of a sad hermit. A shadow of his former self. Yeah. A shadow of his former self. So I think it's a, it's an interesting, uh, it's really interesting. It's also really cool to see like, like wonder at the sadness, which we see replays like Anakin. He was like, he was the best star pilot in the galaxy. He was a, a cunning, cunning warrior, warrior, and he a was a good friend. friend. I think the line was good, but we can check back on that later. No, um, I, I, you got so it. Yeah. I think all of perfectly. Okay, I think that has got to be one of my most favorite moments. Um, he just like is such a a cool, mysterious yet benevolent figure, and I just I really like that about him. Yeah, I agree. Number two for me. The training of Anakin Skywalker. Well, Anakin became a great Jedi for a while. Um, yep. Number one for you. Number one for me. 
Obi-Wan sacrifices himself to Darth Vader to let Luke Skywalker, Leia, Han, and the rest of the Rebels escape. I don't believe it. That is my number one as well. I just think that's a really sad moment, but it really shows like Obi-Wan's maturity and it kind of, I think it's just like a really good uh, conclusion to this, to his arc and his time in a, in, um, in the, in the material world. Um, he knows he's going to be, I guess, I don't know if he knows, but like, he's going to be around like to help guide people even after he dies. Um, and it's just a really noble thing. And of course, he has the amazing line. If you strike me down, Darth, I'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. That's like a, that's a freaking badass line. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And to add on to that, what I love about Obi-Wan's sacrifice is he becomes a force ghost in the process. And there are not a lot of people who we know can become force ghosts. Let's count on the, they can be counted on one hand. It's Obi-Wan, Anakin, Yoda, and Luke. And Does Leia. It, isn't it Qui-Gon? And Leia. Like, discovers and Leia. the secret or something? Or like and he doesn't discover technically it, but he learns Qui-Gon. The okay, yeah. maybe on two hands, but still six people. Obi-Wan, Anakin, Yoda, Luke, Leia, and Qui-Gon. Yep. Obi-Wan's one of them. And and really for me, sacri- and becoming a force ghost is the epitome of Jedi selflessness. Because so? most of the time, Jedi um, become Force ghosts because they die, but they still are so selfless as to help um, the person under their wing for Obi-Wan and Yoda, and eventually Anakin, it's Luke. For Luke and Leia, it's Rey. For Qui-Gon, it's, I guess, Obi-Wan and Luke. Um, but... It is, but you are giving up your physical life so that you may help um, your allies in another, which I think is just such a noble thing to do. Um, I agree. And yeah, I definitely think yeah that is one of Obi Wan Kenobi's best uh, moments. And I think that's it for this episode. This was this was a fun one. We should do this with other characters. It was. This was a. This was a real uh This was a real good treat. One. Um first of all, I just want to say again, happy birthday to Jacob because Thank this you so much, Eli. on it's his birthday. Up. Um yeah, yeah. yeah. And of course, we're going to have to do our mandatory plugs. Please subscribe to us on uh and follow us on Anchor and Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Breaker and healthcare.gov, of course. All that good stuff. Um, uh, all that good stuff. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. We are at In a Galaxy Cast. And make sure to, um, this is a new one actually, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, we have a YouTube at, channel now. Let's we have go. a YouTube channel. Subscribe to the notification bell. It's where we're posting Star Wars Beyond a Galaxy. By the time this comes out, I will have posted my second episode. Um, it will have been out since that Monday. Um, and it's me playing Star Wars Battlefront 2015 and um answering some fun questions uh because yeah um it's gonna be it's gonna be fun um next week we are going to be returning to our regular schedule and i believe that is the 120 to 140 minute mark no actually no it's, yeah, it's, it's, it is it 100 right i i think it's actually no i think it's 100 
uh, to 120. I don't think we've watched 120 yet. No, yeah, it's 100 to 120 of Phantom Menace. Um, so that will be next week. Uh, in the meantime, may the force be with you always. May the force be with you. <laughs>